Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Like to Read with me, your host, Rachel Polanski. Um, this is a new podcast slash YouTube show um, about reading and all the kind of joys and woes and highs and lows that come along with being a bookworm. Um, so who am I? Why Why am I qualified to do this podcast? Um well, you know, ever since I was a, a young, wee little one, I've always enjoyed reading. Um, one of those kids who was brought to the library, checked out a ton of books, came back, uh, read them to their stuffed animals. Um, I understand that, the, you know, the reading in school and the books that they force you to read can often turn a lot of people off from reading. Um, fortunately, I just always had such a love for my own particular you know went through waves when I was younger it was you know elementary you know Nancy Drew boxcar children Judy B Jones all that jazz magic tree house uh we got into a YA phase that uh kind of started around third or fourth grade uh don't want to humble brag but uh my reading level um was always quite advanced you know I was reading Harry Potter in like first grade or you know whatever um but yeah the so I was always reading so the young adult love kind of started probably a little bit too young um but hey it, i think it helped me develop socially and what whatnot um and then you know we transitioned into more there was a period of sort of like a chick lit you know adult books but not exactly the heaviest stuff and then as we got older there was always just that you know contemporary fiction and through that um we've got you know historical nonfiction memoirs i'm really open to any kind of book um and i just love reading I will in my spare time um that's pretty much what I'm always doing even uh pre-corona pre-pandemic I live a pretty introverted lifestyle uh you know go to work come back read watch tv play with my cat in the background hang out with uh my boyfriend Jason shout out to Jason for helping me produce this and pushing me to get myself out there um so in terms of reading, yes. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I read five to seven to eight or nine books a week. And you might be saying to yourself, that is freaking crazy. And there's no way I believe that. And bye. And, you know, you can doubt me. You can doubt me. But I, I do. I mean, I, I really do spend hours and hours during the week reading. If I have a break during work, back when we were physically working in the building, you know, if I had to go walk to a different floor, wait in line 10 minutes at the pharmacy, always bring your Kindle. ABYK is my big model, Um, which leads me into how do I like to read? And again, this might be a big controversy for some readers out there, but I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the Kindle and digital readers in general. Um, so why? I want to say about eight or nine years ago, I got an iPad mini for my birthday. Thank you, parents, uh, dad. And I, um, downloaded the Kindle app and took it with me everywhere. And soon I was spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on those Kindle books. And you may be saying to yourself, well, you know, there's nothing a there's something about that physical copy. There's something about having that book on the shelf. And I'm here with you. I agree. Um, I just think when you read at the volume that I'm reading, I mean, 
we live in a one bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. And I think if we filled it with the books that I had since, you know, I started the e-reader, like there wouldn't be room. I don't have the space to carry all of that around. When I was younger, I would, you know, fill up a third of my suitcase with hardcover books and they were heavy. And I remember leaving them back at the hotel and or wherever we were and not taking them with me. And I think that that really, you know, emblemizes is, you know, that it's really about the story. It's about the content. It's not so much about the form. Um, we do have a couple bookshelves in the apartment. I certainly am not against buying physical books. Um, if it's, you know, important, if it's signed, if there's quite a few books that I've been given as gifts. Um, so I am, I'm not against it, but it also just the convenience of the Kindle. Um, also about a year ago, I finally, you know, discovered the Los Angeles Public Library Kindle uh, selection. Um, shout out to Overdrive, the app that it uses. I'm not sponsored, um, but I wish I was because uh, every time I get that little email that uh, says, you know, your hold is available from the Los Angeles Public Library. It's just like a nice little bump of like, you know, cocaine or you know, not that I would know what that uh, feels like. Um, but it's just like a nice little rush of like, I used to spend 10 to $13 on this book and now I'm getting it for free thanks to the exorbitant amount of money I put towards my taxes. Um, as you will find as we continue down this journey, I read mostly contemporary fiction um, encompassing also, you know, historical nonfiction memoirs um but it's pretty much contemporary and that it's usually been published recently um a lot of that is due to the fact that i'm keeping up with what's new in the literary scene and i'm all up on goodreads and um all that another great thing about using the e-reader is god it's so freaking hard to keep track of what i would read um because if again it's even though a book may have been fantastic you know i read 10 other books right after i read that and it's kind of just whoop out of my mind um so what's nice about the kindle is that it connects automatically to goodreads again not sponsored but would love to be um and it automatically connects so it just and then i can rate each one um usually the books I read are around three to four stars, so I don't really want to waste my time on a one or a two star. Um, and, it, you know, commodifying and giving it a rating definitely might take a little bit away from it, but it's just such a nice way I can then look back at my books that I've read, which is what we're about to get into, um, and see what I've read and, you know, how how I felt about them. And, you know, whenever someone's you know, what do I, what can I read? What have you read that's great? Instead of being like, oh, well, I remember, and I don't have the physical copies to go back and reference, which is definitely a downside that I can't really pass that on, but at least I can pass on the name of the book and the story and encourage that person to hopefully use an e-reader in the Los Angeles Public Library and Overdrive. Look at me, you know, already getting referrals. So what are we doing here? Um, like I said, I read a lot, a lot of books. Um, and I know that that's probably the rate that I read is not attainable to most people. Um, even reading one book a week, maybe even one book a month may seem daunting. Um, just do what you can. You know, I think all that matters is that you make the time for reading, whether you think you're really slow or there's nothing out there that interests you or you don't have the time. There's always time. People can read at whatever level they want to and you just haven't found the right book. Um, so we're going to give we... I'm going to give you um, five of the best, maybe not the best, but five of the most recommendable, the five of the most palatable books that I have read that week. Um, 
I probably did read more and then a few of them just didn't make it in. Um, and then it'd be kind of great if, you know, you wanted to maybe choose one of these books and set yourself for a new challenge, you know, whether it's every book I'm going to, every week I'm going to read a book. Every month I'm going to read a book. Um, but hopefully this, you'll find something on this list that you'll enjoy. And if not, then we'll have new recommendations every week. Um, so let's get started. Um, the first book that I read last week that I'm going to talk to you about is called False Bingo, Stories by Jacques Jemsk. J-A-C is her first name, last name J. E-M-C. And again, I wish I have the physical copy. Another thing that is great is it is kind of nice to show. Here's the physical object I have to show for my time. But like I said before, reading kind of just, it is absorbing this. It doesn't matter how you absorb the story. What matters is that you did. Um, so Jacques, I hope I'm saying that right. Jacques, um, going to be a lot of author mispronunciations, but uh, what can you do? Um, So False Bingo is a book of short stories, and your girl loves some short stories. Um, They're also a great way for someone who is maybe, you know, feels a little bit daunting to delve into a 200 or 300 page full novel, but maybe you can grab a book of short stories. Um, This one in particular has 20, um, and they're all pretty short, short stories. Um, Each of them is no more than 10 to 15 pages. Um, so, you know, maybe just you can challenge yourself to read one or two short stories a night. Um, and this is a great place to get started. Um, Jack is a wonderful female horror author, um, which you don't see too often. Um, this book in particular, really just kind of, it's a great short story collection that talks about the horrors and not even so much the horrors, but the weirdness and the discomfort of the everyday. Um, it's definitely not horror in the sense of like a Stephen King sort of large or uh, overwhelming horror. Um, but it's like I said, the horror of the everyday. Um, there's a couple of short stories of note. Um, one of them is called Delivery um, about a dad or a fa- uh, elderly father who develops an online shopping addiction. And that definitely hit a little bit close to home. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, he, you know, starts ordering Wii's and other, electro- you know, TVs that he doesn't need. And snuggies and anything you see online but then he starts getting a second we and then a third we and you know there's a little bit of mental illness at play there's a little bit of sort of just capitalism and commodification um that was one of the best ones um the other standout story in that for me was called trivial pursuit um again another sort of horror you know, uncanny of the everyday, just kind of a story about a unnamed couple that goes to a game night at another couple's house. And this couple is literally the worst, but the worst in the sense that they are the kind of people who will say, you know, what would you like to drink? Um, But we only have this one wine bottle. Or what game do you want to play? But they already have Trivial Pursuit, uh, the name of the story set up. So there's not really a choice. Um, And they're all just written, you know, they're not spare by any means, but they're the sort of stories that are very palatable. Um, They are beautiful in their silences. Um, And so that's one that I'm a, obviously I recommend all these books, but that especially um, is a good place to get started for someone who is a little bit daunted by a larger novel. 
Um, the next one that we have is called Temporary by Hilary Lichter, Lichter, something. Um, temporary. What can I say about Temporary? First of all, it's weird, but like weird in a good way. It's, you know, when I, what I knew about it going into it was it's about a woman, a young woman who lives a life of doing temp jobs and, you know, kind of expected something a little bit fun, something to set it apart from what seems like a boring premise. Um, and it it was kind of, you know, similar to Jacques Jem's style in the sense that it's slightly surreal, slightly, you know, po- takes the everyday and exposes the horror or the discomfort underneath it on um, all this one in a much more literal way um as a temporary some of her jobs include being somebody there to haunt a house or cleaning out a woman's shoe closet or um a large chunk of the book is spent um actually on sea filling in for somebody on a boat and her adventures there um and it's really just a meditation kind of on the workplace and especially as a millennial myself um the connection to one's career and life and sort of the permanence or lack of permanence of it as well as just the satirization of the overall structure of the workplace um and this is also another really short one i think it well really short you know i think it was 250 a little less than that and then again another one of those not too overly written, um, a little bit dense in sections, but for the right reasons. So, um, you know, it's 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 heavier than a typical beach read, but I would definitely say it's fun. Um, and hope there's probably a lot of people who will relate to what's going on in it. So check that one out. Um, the next one feels a bit gratuitous. Um, it's called I'd Rather Be Reading, The Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life by Anne Bogle. So we can't get much more meta than that. Um, Anne Bogle is an author that I just discovered last week um, because I read her newest book before this one. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but a book about reading, reading a book about reading is kind of pretty much amazing to me. Um, so I picked it up. It felt a lot like an extended version of my college essay, which I wrote about reading. Um, but it was really wonderful to read the book from a reader. Um, and when I mean a reader, I mean, you know, plenty of authors. They are authors because they have a fantastic way with words. But there is something about being just, you know, you can be a good author, but I don't know if you can be a good reader and really just appreciating other people's works. Um, it was part sort of memoir and Anne's um, kind of transition from becoming a reader later in life. Um, and well, later, you know, for me, I was always a big part of my life for her. It was as well, but she didn't really discover her passion as much until her early 20s. Um and that is where our paths diverge. She has four children under 40. She is under 40 and has four children. I have none and won't for quite some time. Um, but we share the same passion for reading and what we love about it and the pitfalls of it and attachments to libraries and all that good stuff. Um, and it was just really fun and light and I mean, yeah, it was it was a it was a fun book. So whether or not you maybe this is good for you if you don't love reading. So you can I mean, hopefully this podcast will inspire you to read. But if you're if you're looking 
at reading is something that feels like a chore or daunting and you're really wondering like how can I fall in love with this like how can I make this something that I really want to do um give Anne's book a try because maybe it'll remind you and spark something in you that a traditional book uh, wouldn't necessarily it's a good primer for sure um, so Anne's other book that I read before, um, which came out recently, is called Don't Overthink It. Make easier decisions, stop second guessing, and bring more joy to your life. That title is a mouthful. Um, and it also kind of sounds like a self-help book. It's not. It gives a lot of tips and it's kind of feels a little bit workbooky at times, but she also again intersperses her own life and her own experiences and I think that that really made me connect to her um I read this before even knowing about how much of a reader and lover of literature that she was so I felt an immediate connection um I too tend to overthink and ruminate things I've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety deal with that um for a large have been dealing with that for a large part of my life um it ebbs and flows but overthinking is definitely something that I do a lot. Um, And it was really just comforting to hear somebody else vocalize the way that I'm feeling, as well as offer some tips and tricks that felt a little bit deeper and more personable than reading an article on like Refinery29 or something. Um, Both of those books are also under 200 pages, I believe. Again, so great books. Um, Maybe if you are someone who thinks that you're not a fiction person and you kind of like to read more like how-to or informational books, these are a good mix of that type of vibe, but like written by someone who really is a reader at heart, so knows how to give the reader um, a good experience. And lastly, um, we have Fractured Tide by Leslie Lutz. Uh, This is a good old young adult thriller survival novel. Um, There was a time in my life, starting at a very young age, I want to say around 10, where I was really into young adult books. Um, I feel like they helped me kind of mature and helped my growth, at least, you know, internally. I thought I was like 25, but I was 12. Um, But I felt like I really understood those experiences and I got them just, you know, that 16-year-old in Malibu who really just had a hard life. But um, yeah, there was a time where I read a lot of young adult novels and of course I got older. Um, I read a lot. I read fast, but what I choose to read is still important. You know, I don't want to waste my time on a trivial novel. Um, Every so often you need something lighter. There's plenty of young adult books out there that are great for adults as well and perfect for all ages. Um, This one's actually one of them. Um, So this is one of those ones that I saw who knows how long ago online somewhere as an upcoming new book, recommended it to the Los Angeles Public Library, which is kind of like a way of digitally pre-ordering it for free. So this one um, was available to me this week. So naturally, I read it first. Um, And Fracture Tide, what happens? Um, So it's kind of like Lost meets teen novel. Uh, This girl, uh, Sia, I think her name was something Greek. Um, She goes on a boating trip. She's an expert diver with some other friends. Their boat capsizes. They get shipwrecked on an island, except this island's kind of wonky. And it turns out that, um, excuse me, got to stay hydrated, drink lots of water, very important. 
um blah 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 she gets shipwrecked um turns out like the island has some weird stuff going on with it i don't want to give away too many spoilers on this one um the thing about young adults is i find that often they objectively you know they are not as well written or literary as a lot of the other things i read but they're fun and the plots are usually ridiculous like most teen movies this one has you know a weird sea creature and some weird like time traveling stuff and like unclear whether or not they're gonna survive and I can't the writing was not bad because there's a lot of books where even if the plot is fantastic and the best thing you've ever read it's like it is the writing is abysmal um so it, it was fast-paced it was interesting I think it was a unique enough situation um don't get me wrong I love a good like romantic high school young adult novel even like the murder true crime ones but uh having it set on an island and a sort of I've been in a pirate mood um always in a vibrant mood um that really just kind of gave it a uniqueness so um if you are somebody who kind of wants something a little bit lighter maybe not as challenging still something fun um fun and thriller and intriguing and definitely you know the kind of book where you just you do want to just keep reading to figure out what happens it's very fast paced and a lot happens um give that a check out so those are five of the books that I read last week that I'm recommending to you um like I said I watch a lot of tv I listen to a lot of podcasts I watch movies occasionally um and I do have a blog separate from this called media maven where every week we do throw in one or two book selections but we also throw in a mix of those and I want to keep this to books for the most part but I do want to mention um a really important series that I watched just last week um, that I think everybody should watch. It is called America to Me on Stars, and it is 10 episodes, each about an hour, about Oak Park River, fuck, sorry, Oak Park River something, O-P-R, field, river field, Oak Park River field, uh, they just call it Oak Park. Anyways, it's a high school in Chicago, and this series really just blew me away it was filmed in 2016 released in 2018 i watched it last week and wish i had watched it sooner um but with everything going on in the world i definitely wanted to educate myself more on black stories and stories um that i wouldn't normally pay attention to necessarily um and this one just my god i mean you'd think that something so boring necessarily but you say okay it's about high school and the kids there but the way that these filmmakers take a complete unbiased look at really the structural levels of what leads to success and what leads somebody to become who they are and how important high school is for that but what we don't see and what you don't understand especially if you have the privilege of being white and grew up in an upper middle class location with a good school and didn't have to worry about a lot of things just to see the different things that people have to deal with and the different struggles that they face and the way that they approach school um this the the kids that they focus on I think they also just selected some really great kids I mean there's this one kid Charles I think that's his name who does like a spoken word piece that I mean I couldn't even find it online really but it just really was 
amazing. And for something that's over 10 hours, like I was never bored. Like there was just, they balance looking at the socioeconomical struggles and the political struggles and everything about being a human being in the world and how much high school and the resources and the experiences that we have shape us either for success or not for success. Um, So I know everyone's talking, you know, about things like 13th and when they see us and those are all great. Um, But I haven't seen anybody really talking about America to me. And I think if we want to really look at the root of these issues and really see why black kids are so disadvantaged or why children of color don't get as many opportunities as white kids. Um, This documentary is definitely a good place to start. Um, So that's it from me for now. Um, I hope you take at least one of these suggestions and either purchase it or get it from your local library and then comment below and let me know what you thought about it. Um, Also make sure that you follow the podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm also going to be posting um, just kind of weekly, maybe daily, you know, updates about what I'm reading, um, maybe a particular spotlight on a book of note. Um, And then make sure you follow me on Goodreads as well. That way you can stay connected to what I'm reading in real time and take a look at the over thousand of books that I have read and rated just in the past four years, I want to say. So links will be in the description box below as well as... um, as well as the names and titles, the names of the authors and titles of these books. Um, And until next time, keep reading.